What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because smart marketers go where their audience already is. And with a billion monthly active users, TikTok is one of these up and came social media platforms where you can connect with your target audience. Today's guest is here to school me on uh, growing and monetizing a TikTok audience where she's grown her own account from zero to 1.6 million followers over the last couple of years and use that to help build a seven-figure operation. She's the host of the Financial Feminist Podcast from her first 100k.com, Tori Dunlap. Welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me as well. So notes and links for this one with all the resources mentioned are at sidehustlenation.com slash Tori. That's T-O-R-I. Plus over there, you can grab a free download I put together with 25 TikTok call them content prompts to help uh, maybe breathe some new life into your account. Or if you're new to the platform, get started with a bang. Once again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Tori, or follow the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. So Tori, you're going to have to teach me like I'm a, like I'm a dinosaur, like I'm a grandpa in this episode, because I'm totally new to TikTok. I want to know how to set up the platform, how people discover you, all of that stuff. And maybe we start with that, like your initial profile, like what makes sense there? What kind of content makes sense to post? And we'll, uh, we'll spider out from there. The crazy part, and you said in your intro a couple of years, for me, I've only been on TikTok for a year. And that's the crazy part is the growth from zero to 1.6 million. We're recording this in August of 2021. I started in July of 2020. Wow. Um, started posting financial content. So yeah, I, my background is in social media. I was a social media marketer and my, and my day job and my nine to five, my previous life and, I've never seen growth on any platform like I have on TikTok. And I think that that's really the power of the platform is unlike any other social media platform on the market right now, it is the only community or only platform where more people are consuming content than creating content. And I think that that's the really powerful thing about TikTok right now is you can still get in. I think it's turning more into one of those classic social media platforms where you're having to pay to play a little bit now. But there's still so much, so much growth and so much connection that can happen on TikTok. That's incredible. That's really exciting to hear. Uh, we did an episode. It was like zero to 50,000 followers on Twitter in a year, which I thought was pretty crazy growth. And here we're at 1.6 million, which is nuts. So what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of different things. The biggest thing is that going viral on TikTok is easier than going viral on any other platform. Because like I said, there's more people consuming content than creating content. But also the way that TikTok is set up is very different than any other social media platform. So let's talk about Instagram, for instance. If you're scrolling through Instagram, unless you're following a hashtag, right, you could follow hashtag side hustle or hashtag personal finance, right? right. And you could see content within that hashtag. The only thing that's really going to show up on your regular page, you know, your homepage are the content of the people that you already follow, right? It's the content of people you already engage with, people who you've actually gone and clicked follow to see more of their content. And you kind of have to toggle right to the explore page to see new content from people potentially that you don't follow. And I don't know about you, but me on Instagram, I hardly ever look at that page. Like I very rarely look actually at the page or at the at the content that Instagram is giving me. Right. But by default on TikTok, you're given what's called a for you page. Your for you page or your FYP is the, what the TikTok algorithm has decided is for you. And the crazy part about TikTok is there's so many niches and it's very funny because I'll talk to my friend who is like seeing this video that's blown up and I've never seen it because I'm not in the same niche or I'm not in the same 
you know, community. So maybe TikTok knows, okay, she loves Timothy Chalamet. So we're going to give her a bunch of Timothy Chalamet videos, right? Or maybe she's interested in traveling to Italy. Like both of those things show up on my For You page all the time. Okay. So I see people's content on the For You page who I've never engaged with before and are typically being each introduced to me either the, for the first time or maybe I've engaged with their content before. And so they're being shown to me again. So it's really incredible just in terms of the reach you can have with your content. It's not just to people who already follow you. The vast majority actually of people who are going to see your content are people who don't follow you already. Okay. So that makes it unique versus Facebook, for example, where you post something to your page, even the people who do follow you aren't going to see it. So you have this uh, chance to reach outside of your own network. The other big thing I think with TikTok is that like the lifespan of a tweet is a couple hours, if you're lucky. The lifespan of a TikTok is weeks. I get engagement on TikToks that I posted weeks ago. I remember there was one TikTok I posted last year that went viral 10 days after it was posted. And I think, again, that's the power of this longevity of content is that the the lifespan of a lot of these social posts is like a day max. For TikTok, it's it's weeks, if not months. Okay. Yeah. If you have something that, that hits, they're going to continue to show it to more and more people because they want right. people to spend more time on their platform like all these other social networks. Okay. Well, let's dive into that content then because, I don't know, I consider myself reasonably creative and then I see the type of stuff that people come up with. And you're a very prolific content creator here as well, like constantly coming up with new stuff. Like, tell me, is there a formula? Is there a system that you use to keep coming up with new ideas on what works? This is the tricky thing about TikTok is, yes, there's so many benefits to it. But the detractor is that you have to post consistently. And by consistently, I mean at least three TikToks a day, which is a huge, that's a, that's a pace, right? Yeah. And I'm actually, you know, after creating pretty much content at that pace for a year, I have to tell you, I'm burned out. Like it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. And I've had to either employ team members, teach them to help me create this content because yeah, it's a steady pace. So I get, again, a lot of questions from people, of course, should I join TikTok? TikTok seems to be the new place. If you can keep up with the consistency, yeah, a hundred percent, but you need to at least be posting a video a day. And if you really want to see some sort of traction, at least three a day. So I think that the algorithm has been proven to really reward that consistency and expects that consistency. So that's kind of a factor of growth here. And then in terms of content, like it's one of three things. And we see this on all social media platforms. It's either entertaining, it's educational, or it's aspirational. And I think if you can do all three, you have a viral video on TikTok. If you can be somehow educational or value-driven while being entertaining and while being aspirational, your video will do well. And you notice if you go to my page, if you go to my TikTok, pretty much every video that's gone viral has done those three things. It's been value-driven. It's given some sort of information that this person can use while also being bite-sized, entertaining, not boring, right? And the third thing is it's, I often, you know, talk about my story, what I've built in terms of my business or in terms of my own wealth and incorporated that in for that kind of aspirational element. So the content we see do well on TikTok has at least one of those three things, if not two or three. Oh, okay. The more boxes you can check uh, here. And it reminds me of uh, Scott Adams from Dilbert. And he's like, you know, there's seven elements of comedy or something. And the more you can include in one thing, you know, the, the more likely it is to be a hit. Do you have an example off the top of your head of a video or two that went viral that checked those boxes? 
Yeah, I actually just reposted it this morning. It was a video about me being able to retire with over $6 million in my account because I've done so much of the heavy lifting early in terms of investing. So the hook was like, I will have over $6 million by the time I'm set to retire and I'm only 26. Here are the three steps to get started investing. Right. So I have hooked you in the first five seconds of why this video is going to be useful, why you shouldn't scroll. And I've done all of those things, right? I'm going to teach you exactly how you can do it. I've mentioned this kind of aspirational thing of being in my twenties and having this amount of money when I'm, when I'm at retirement age. And then also you're, you know, hopefully, right, that this is going to be in an entertaining format. It's not going to be boring. It's going to be, you know, quippy and short. So that's a perfect example of a video that I've posted that did really well and that, you know, I continue to repost because it does well every time I post it. Okay. So that, that's actually helpful. So you feel like, yeah, I got to post consistently, you know, one to three times a day, but you're allowed to repost. So if you had something that, that went well, do you do, do anything to change that up? Like change the font or change the intro or anything? Sometimes you can, yeah, you can change like the caption. That's the other thing about TikTok is Instagram. And I was an Instagram first creator. So it was, took some getting used to. You can create a whole blog post in Instagram captions. Like, and that's kind of what's expected now on Instagram. If you want your content to do well is you're like writing a whole blog post in Instagram, right? And that's where your value add is, not necessarily in the static photo. And even Instagram is moving more towards video to try to compete with TikTok. But I think that when you're moving over to TikTok, you get a very short caption. I don't know the character limit off the top of my head, but it is short. And you have to include hashtags within that caption. So it's it's really important for real estate to figure out, okay, what needs to go in the video in terms of text versus, you know, what do I put in this caption without a lot of room to move? So when I repost videos, I'm doing a little experimenting in the caption itself and figuring out, okay, what works, what hashtags can I test and that sort of thing. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, what's the hashtag strategy so far versus Instagram where it's like, you know, cram 30 into the first comment or something? Yeah, and actually Instagram has changed that. Within a like couple weeks ago, they announced like 12 to 15 hashtags are your sweet spot. You can pack 30 in there, but 12 to 15. I get these algorithm changes, right? It's just crazy. TikTok, I mean, I would say short caption, uh, like five to seven words. Oh, really uh, short. Okay. In terms of, yeah, a really short. And then, I mean, cram as many hashtags in there as you can. On Instagram, you'll see, right, if a hashtag is over like a million uses, I personally wouldn't use it. But if a hashtag on TikTok is under, I would say, a million to five million, I don't want to use it. I want to use hashtags that have tens of millions of views. You start getting in like hashtag personal finance. They put it on the homepage once TikTok, like TikTok corporate decided to highlight, you know, a bunch of personal finance videos, which was great. And I received the benefit of that. But in doing so, now the hashtag personal finance has over a billion uses. And that is way too many to try to compete, right? So like personal finance tips, I think has something like 300 million or 500 million, which is much more accessible. So yeah, I would say it's very different than Instagram. Instagram, you want to like find those hashtags that have hundreds of thousands of uses or maybe even tens of thousands of uses. TikTok, I think anything under 5 million might not be the way to go. I'm using hashtags that, yeah, have like 300 or 400 million uses. Okay. Is that a factor of your account size and the following at this point? Like if you're newer, does it make sense to target smaller hashtags or like, doesn't matter? You don't stop overthinking I honestly don't think it matters. Yeah. I mean, that's a question I get all the time, especially as someone who has a background in marketing of like hashtags, right? It's all about hashtags and it's really not. Time of day you post, this is something I get asked about a lot of like, oh, does it matter the time of day? It really doesn't. As long as you're not doing it in the middle of the night, you know, if you're doing it 2 a.m., yeah, your post is probably not going to perform well, but it really doesn't matter. What matters is, are you creating good content? And I think too often, like the algorithm gets blamed or the time of day or the hashtag strategy gets blamed for content that's just not powerful enough, quite frankly, right? So I think all of your content needs to serve a purpose. My big strategy at Her First 100K is serve before you sell. Always, always. So before you ask for a follow, before you ask for somebody to subscribe, before you ask for somebody to give you their money, you need to be serving. You need to be providing value in your content. And TikTok is the perfect example of that. If you really need to make sure to build your trust with your audience and your credibility by serving them and providing value before you ask them to do anything for you. Totally. Do you have a sense of how many of these you created before you had a viral hit? I created five videos and my sixth video went viral. It was pretty crazy. I really started buckling down and creating financial content. Uh, I actually probably could tell you the day. It was like July 15th. My video that blew up, still one of my most viral videos, it got, it's at 3 million views, got me, oh my gosh, I think 200,000 followers in like three days just from that one video. That blew up on July 27th. 
So it was about a week, week and a half. And I have all of this written down in my journal, like I journal every night. And so it's really fun to look back and be like, this happened so quickly. Wow. It took me three and a half years on Instagram to do what it took me a day, two days to do on TikTok. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Get in before the uh, the algorithm shifts, before it comes a little more pay to play, all this stuff. And to be honest, it's already starting. We knew it was going to happen. And it's already probably every one in five videos I see now on my TikTok for you page is sponsored. And not just like more traditional influencer marketing thing where you have ad, but like is literally an ad, right, that they've paid for. I don't think it's too late, but it's definitely we're kind of coming up on the brink of that secret kind of sauce between, again, like consumers and creators or that tipping point. Is, is more the word I want to use. So yeah, it's definitely coming. What was video number six about this uh, 200,000 follower video? Yeah, the funny thing was, is I look back and I get why it did well, but it's also just sometimes you just can't predict them. It's so funny to try to describe the TikTok culture if you're not on it, because it doesn't make any sense. But it's this audio about, they call it clown-ish, S-H-I-C. And basically what you do is you say something in your life or something about your experience that is clown-ish. And for me, it was like me working a corporate job and making somebody else rich. And then it panned to me as an entrepreneur and like the success I've had and like the things I've been able to do. And that's the video that blew up. It's very, again, it's very hard to describe. I can send you the link if you want to link it. But that's the, the fun thing about TikTok. It feels very much like Vine from back in the day. Of like it has its own culture. Like I was on TikTok just as a consumer for I think like six months before I started creating content. And I think that that's part of the reason why I was successful is I was understanding the trends, understanding, you know, what does well in a video? How do you approach certain videos? The audio is really important. The audio you use is really important. And literally trends on TikTok will take off. You'll see nothing but this particular trend and then you won't see it again after like five days or a week. So again, the exciting part about TikTok is it feels like its own culture and its own experience being on the app. It's like its own language, but at the same time, like it requires not only consistency, but requires you to like keep up with all of those trends. How long are these videos? The standard TikTok video is 60 seconds, but it'll default to 15. So you can do 15 second videos, 60 second videos. And then within the last couple of months, they've rolled out to select users three minute videos. But I think the algorithm still prioritizes those shorter videos. And I think it's actually a really beautiful thing. It forces you to be concise. It forces you to get to your point really quickly. And I do this with business coaching clients, actually, as I literally have them set up their phone, record within TikTok for 15 seconds. And it, again, forces you to have a particular thing you want to talk about and you can't talk about everything, right? Which sometimes lacks nuance, but it's a great place to, you know, ask somebody to go to the link in your bio to learn more. But I think it forces you again to be really concise, to be specific, as opposed to trying to give all of this value all the time. I'll take, you know, typically if I were to make like an Instagram video or if I were to write a blog post, I'm going to have three, four, five things I want to say, right? Maybe in bullet list form. And on a TikTok, that's now five videos, which helps me in terms of producing content, but also keeps it concise. So maybe, you know, I don't know, five tips for new investors. I'm maybe just going to focus on one or two. I'm not going to give you all five in a video because 
literally I can't, the time limit's going to run out. And two, it's going to help me in terms of that consistency. If I can create five videos out of this piece of content, as opposed to just one. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I like that. That yeah, we've talked about how uh, constraint can breed creativity in a lot of ways. Yes. And, you know, trying to cram anything into 15 to 60 seconds, like, especially I'm used to uh, the format of a, you know, 45 minute uh, podcast. So it's like, oh gosh, this is going to be a new challenge. But I like that because it just forces you to, you know, break it up into really bite-sized type of things. It's like, okay, here's the one tip of the day or the one thing about this. Have you, have you considered this? Okay. That's helpful. You mentioned the audio quality. I, I guess I assumed that all of these were just you know, filmed with your forward-facing camera on the phone. Is there more equipment and, and, you know, microphones and setup that goes into it? No, when I say audio, like the audio clips that are uploaded to TikTok that you are maybe like mouthing along to or using to make your video. Like you'll take, I don't know, like a quote from Legally Blonde, for instance, you'll take like an audio from Legally Blonde and mouth along to it and create your video from that. So you can also create your own audio, right? You can speak in your voice. You can say what you need to say. But the whole there's a whole other part of TikTok that is just like already uploaded audio that you're kind of spinning to create your video. In terms of you on the production side, I mean, I have a $40 ring light I bought off of Amazon. And that's pretty much it. I typically make all of my videos just me seated, you know, in my desk chair. Or, you know, just me hanging out in my house and they're very off the cuff. Sometimes I'm wearing makeup. Sometimes I change my clothes. Sometimes I don't. For me, the production value is very, very low. But I think that's part of the reason I've done well. Other people do well because their production value is crazy high. And that's a decision you get to make is like some people go viral because they do these insane videos or these like crazy transitions their editing's nuts. Their costumes are crazy. Like so many people, like perfect example have gone viral for like these like makeup designs that take them 12 hours to make, you know? So there's, there's plenty of people that put a ton of time and effort into production. And that's an angle that they can use in order to have their videos do well. For me, not only do I not want to do that, quite frankly, it just, I don't think it makes sense for the type of content I'm creating. I'm talking about personal finance and business. It doesn't necessarily make sense for me to go absolutely crazy in terms of production value. Especially at the beginning, if you're just, you know, dipping your toes into these waters. You want to test it. You want to make sure it works. I don't want you, you know, maxing your credit card out thinking like, yes, I need all this gear. I need these, yeah, I need these crazy parameters. You really don't. For me, I will sit down just as I'm dressed right now and you can't see me, but I'm in a t-shirt, no makeup with headphones on and like, I'll record five TikToks today and then post them over the course of this next week. That was the next question. So you are able to batch this stuff (laughs) a little bit versus like, oh, okay, it's 10 a.m. I got to do another video. Oh, okay, it's 2 p.m. Now I got to do another video. To be honest, sometimes I do that, but I definitely think batching your content's the way to go. Again, some people have, you know, they'll shoot with like five different shirts at their feet and just change their shirt so it looks like a different time. I don't do that. I don't care. If my last three videos are me in the same shirt and you can clearly see I filmed them all on the same day, I don't really care. And I don't think my audience does either. So yeah, I mean, batching your content's going to be huge. I'll just sit down at least once a week and do like a half hour of just filming as much as I can. And I'll typically get 10 videos out of that half hour, which isn't too bad. And then again, the trends are really important staying up on those trends. So I'll typically just like spontaneously record a few during the week from just videos I see as a consumer of like, oh, that would work really well for for my audience or for you know my content. And then I have a team who's doing more of these kind of I don't know, like stock videos, like they'll put a tweet that I that I created or wrote 
in front of a background and create a video out of it. That's something that we've done kind of new in the last two months to help again, start creating this content and have it not just be me because it's pretty demanding to have me do all of it and also run a business. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's part of our strategy that we're that we're embodying now is making sure that it's not just me creating content and that we're creating this more kind of static evergreen content that can exist and that can be produced without my involvement directly. Yeah. So right now you're very much the face of the brand. So it's a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I guess I'm in the same boat in a lot of ways, but it can be hard to introduce other people into your team and say, well, you know, here, here's this um, other person who's just as qualified. So pay attention to them. I have a question on the content side. As I imagine today that a lot of this and just scrolling through the feed, it looks like a lot of these are are driven by audience questions or follower questions at this point. Was there prior to, I guess you had the, the blog and stuff, you know, for years before this and the Instagram. So you had some level of audience engagement before starting on this platform, but just trying to think of, you know, coming up with in these bite-sized content prompts. Like one of them is, what was my side hustle? Are MLMs good? How much do I make in a month? Just kind of, I guess, audience questions that have come in. Anything else on the content prompters? Just kind of, you know, paying attention to what's trending and seeing how you can add your your personal finance spin to that. One of the things I do with uh, business coaching clients is I have them list every question that they get asked. So let's say you're a therapist. You get asked a million questions even before you're with a client, right? How do I find a good therapist? What does it look like when I'm in therapy? What is that experience like? You know, do I need therapy? And even more nuanced than that, right? How do I focus? How do I like, you know, what are some quick tips of just staying calm under pressure if I need them right now, right? You can make a list no matter your niche or no matter your industry of a bunch of questions that people either ask you all the time or that you know people are interested in. And that's a great way to start creating content is just make a list of 20, 30, 50, 100 questions that people have or will have about what you do and answer them. Answer them in your creation of content. And again, that's super value-driven. You know that somebody out there has that question and you have the answer. You get my gears turning on like, what kind of stuff that I could make? And uh, a lot of it could center around... There's a lot of questions on like, how do you start a side hustle? How do you come up with a side hustle idea? How do you manage your time, right? How do you manage your time with a side hustle? How do you find out what you're passionate about? If you have multiple passions, how do you pick one? There's there's never-ending content ideas. Yeah, and uh, just featuring some of the creative guests from the archives. Like, how much was she making, you know, picking up dog poop on the weekends? Like, or did you know this guy was renting out hot tubs out of his backyard? Crazy stuff. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is also brought to you by FreshBooks. Having an accounting tool is a must-have for every small business owner. So making sure that you budget for that from day one. And the tool that I like the most is FreshBooks, especially if you're a service-based entrepreneur. That's Sylvia Inks, a small business financial coach, on episode 349 of The Side Hustle Show with an unscripted plug for our sponsor, FreshBooks. Let's get your bookkeeping out of the shoebox this year and into the cloud with FreshBooks award-winning invoicing and accounting software. FreshBooks has been making life easier for service entrepreneurs for the last 15 years. For example, you can automate your invoices, so all you have to do is sit back and wait for payments. You can give your accountant access to all the information they need to do your taxes, and you can accept credit card and ACH payments right on invoices so you can get paid faster. With all these efficiencies, FreshBooks is saving Side Hustle Show listeners up to 200 hours a year. What are you going to do with all that extra time? 
to start your 30-day free trial of FreshBooks with no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. You mentioned the business coaching thing. I want to transition to the calls to action or, you know, how does TikTok pay you ad money like, like YouTube does or, you know, what you've driven it to your own products and services? TikTok has what they call the creator fund. And it shocks a lot of people to know I'm actually not in the creator fund. And plenty of huge creators aren't. Because whether this has actually been proven, I think it's more of a rumor. But it has been uh, accused, I guess, that uh, TikTok limits your views and limits your video popping up on on people's pages when you're in the creator fund. Because of course, that means, right, if your video comes up more often, they're going to have to pay you more money. And for me, when I was in the creator fund, it was like, I get maybe, I don't know, 50 to $75 off of a really viral video, like 3 million views. It was just not worth it. It wasn't worth it to be in the creator fund and potentially take on, you know, like an algorithm punishment, I guess. So for me, I'm not on, I'm not in the creator fund. I tried it for like a couple weeks back last year and haven't been on it since. So for me, really in driving, you know, and monetizing my TikTok, it was really the link in bio was super powerful for me. So it is not enough to just go viral. I think a lot of people think like, okay, I just want my video to blow up. And that is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it is how do you convert that virality into something that's actually going to be useful for your business? So I'll give you a perfect example of this. And I think March or April, we had a video blow up that now has 6 million views. It's my most viral video by far. And it was me talking about my investing journey and, and what that looks like and how people can get started investing. And the caption was, if you want personalized resources, take the free quiz in my bio. So I had created, along with my team, a system where if you come to my website, you can take this free quiz. It asks you questions about your financial experience. You know, like, where are you at in your life? How are you employed? What's your number one financial goal? And when you take the quiz, in exchange for your email, you get these results. You get this list of personalized resources. And so by directing people to the link in bio, right, I was hoping that if this video did well, I could you know, increase my email list. So the video blew up. And within a week, we had gained 100,000 email subscribers. Holy crap. (laughs) Which was insane. So we had already had about 40,000 email subscribers on our general list. And keep in mind, I had been at TikTok for like nine months at this point. So we had increased our following quite a bit. But that video... I think increased my TikTok following by around 300 to 400,000 and converted 100,000 people to my email list. It also got me uh, multiple features on BuzzFeed that then blew up. Yeah. Uh, features in pretty much every language, a feature on CBS, a feature on NBC. Like it was insane. And so for me, it's not enough to just go viral. I need you to have systems in place that can support that virality. I need you to have very strategic ways that you can convert those followers into either email list subscribers or paying customers. And so for me, really how I've driven sales from TikTok is either, you know, sales of my own products, my courses, my coaching, my workshops, or affiliate sales. I'll talk about a high yield savings account and link my affiliate partner and, you know, be paid out that way through a conversion. And then just, I mean, I could talk forever about how TikTok has utterly transformed my business. We started like March of 2020. I had been 
at her first hundred K, you know, doing my business for three and a half years at that point. Yeah. We had 30,000 followers in March of 2020. It's August of 2021. We have over 2 million, 2 million followers. So we went from 30,000 to 2 million in less than a year and a half. And that is entirely because of TikTok. Yeah, that's just nuts. I'm thinking 100,000 email subscribers in a week. I love this call to kind of have the foundations in place for when that viral wave comes, being ready for it with this money personality quiz. I'm sure you've talked about this, but any social platform, even one that you know I, I love as much as TikTok, there's cons to it. And, the, and one of the biggest cons, especially as a business owner, is you are building on borrowed land. Right, you are you are building an audience on a platform that you don't own and uh, whose algorithm you do not control. And I have gotten banned for a couple days off of TikTok for something that they've deemed inappropriate that wasn't. You know, this happens very frequently. Actually, isn't trying to catch you know content that isn't appropriate. They'll sometimes ban you for you know a period of time. Oh my gosh, that's got to be terrifying. Oh, I've had friends who have like completely lost their accounts uh, just because you know. TikTok has decided their content is inappropriate when it's really not. And this is a whole larger conversation about, about you know, community guidelines and those sorts of things. But I think that that's, that's something to always keep in mind with any social platform is, is you don't own your followers there. They could vanish at any time. And you have to really be strategic and, and making sure that you, you know, have a way to connect with them that isn't something that you can't control. And that's why email is so powerful is when you have their email, assuming they don't unsubscribe, right? You can be in touch with them whenever you want and be directly in their inbox. You know that they're going to receive an email. Whether they open it is another story, but you know they're receiving an email as opposed to creating a video on TikTok or posting on Instagram. You're hoping that the algorithm shows people your content. Yeah, they may or may not uh, ever ever go on to see that. So, so the quiz uh, connects to... The email service provider, which is, uh, in your case, who are you using for that? I'm using Flowdesk. Okay, so Flow, <laughs> so Flowdesk, like 30 bucks a month or so. It's crazy cheap, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy cheap. Yeah, but they don't have an API. So we had to connect it through Zapier, Zapier, um, Zapier, which I think is a pretty sizable additional cost. But I think MailChimp was still going to be more expensive because they pay by subscriber. Right, right. They, it's like, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, if you're going to add 100,000 people in a week, I was going to say your convert kit, or in my case, like my active campaign bill would, uh, would be going up quite a bit by adding that much. Okay. What happens after somebody subscribes? So they get the quiz results. What else do you send them? Yeah, so they get taken to a landing page. They get their personality. So let's say you identify, you know, we we figure out that investing is your next step. And investing is really the thing that you need to learn more about. We take you to a page and a personality called the Stock Market Scholar. And we give you information about, you know, investing. So I think on every page, there's like five different ways to engage with content. So maybe a blog post, a podcast episode that I've done, a, a TikTok video, you know, maybe a YouTube video, and then, you know, an optional upsell if you're interested in purchasing a product that we have. So every personality, we have, you know, tons of valuable content that's free if you want to consume it. And then you also get multiple emails. I think you get four, maybe five emails in a funnel or in a flow once you sign up with the last email being, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, if you want to learn more, here's an optional paid product for you. So we really, again, try to lead with value. Even if you don't purchase from us, that's completely fine. You'll get a ton of value just by signing up. You'll get these personalized resources for your financial goals. Okay. And then we've purposefully created products that link with those personalities. 
It was a five different money personalities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So if you're a financial freshman, which I think is one of our most common, right? That means you're just getting started in your financial journey. Our upsell is going to be my $97 course called Back to Basics, which is like exactly how to get started, how to, you know, what accounts you should have open, how to budget, how to spend mindfully, right? And that's what we're going to offer you in addition to all these free resources. Okay. So I, so I'm just trying to clarify on the, uh, on the mechanics here. So the email comes through and it, it doesn't, it's like, Hey, you know, your, your money personality quiz results are in, but it doesn't show that in the email. It's like, click over here to this landing page. If you give your email, right. So we'll say, Hey, your quiz results are in, you know, to see them, give us your email, right? You'll give us your email when you hit submit or enter, then it automatically takes you to the landing page with your quiz results and with, you know, those resources. It also then puts you in an email funnel for, I think, four to five emails that have different things related to what you want to know, right? More value-based content. And at the end of that, you know, five-day funnel or five email funnel is the option to, you know, purchase a product from us. Sure, sure, sure. No, I like that. And I just, I, you know, one alternative scenario that I've seen people do too is like after the form submit, after the quiz submit is just like, thank you, Paige, go check your email for the results because they want to trigger that open and that click in that first email for the sake of, you know, deliverability and algorithm improvement and stuff down the road. Right. That makes sense. Okay. That's actually really cool. So now uh, building products around these different personalities that come through on the quiz. TikTok drives quiz signups, email signups, and then these are digital assets that just sell on autopilot over and over again. I mean, we we direct everybody to the quiz. Instagram, we just had last week another five to ten thousand signups that we can directly link to a post about go take the quiz. Right? There was a post of like, if you want personalized resources, you don't know where to get started. The quiz is for you. It's free. Go take it. And so, yeah, we got probably 10,000 subscribers last week just from that one Instagram post. It's our top of the funnel. Get everybody in, get everybody excited, give them a lot of value. And then if they have the option to, to purchase from us, if they'd like, we also pepper it with different affiliate links. Of course, we disclose that. But, you know, if there's certain affiliate partners that would make sense for that, that personality type or that audience, that's also a great way for us to inadvertently make money, right? If that person's not ready to purchase from us, maybe they sign up for the high yield savings account we recommend, or maybe they look into refinancing their student loans, or they want to start a website to become an entrepreneur themselves. And so, you know, sign up for, for our affiliate partner. So that's another alternate way that we could make revenue from the quiz, even if somebody doesn't purchase from us directly. Yeah. What's the pie chart look like today in terms of sales of these digital products, the affiliate stuff, your own services, your own business coaching stuff? Uh, it's hard to say. More than half is affiliate conversions. It's a good chunk of our revenue is is affiliate conversions. And that shocks a lot of people. That's, that is surprising. Is that mostly through email or is that from TikTok itself? Everything. TikTok, email. Yeah. I think TikTok's been the big driver though. Again, like I had a six-figure business last year. Now we have a multi-seven-figure business and I can tie pretty much all of that to either TikTok inadvertently, right? Of like, okay, they found us on TikTok and now they follow us on Instagram and then, then they bought a product or just directly from TikTok. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Are you allowed... Unlike Instagram to have the link, like if you're talking about this high yield savings account in a video, for example, are you allowed to have that in the caption or does it have to be more indirect? 
you cannot link anything in a TikTok. So typically what I'll say is if I talk about a high yield savings account, you know, I'll say link in bio for the one I recommend. I have made disclosure on the link in bio with, you know, the button to sign up. There's no Instagram stories feature right on TikTok. There's no stories and stories are a great way to, you know, to be able to get people to go directly to a website with swiping up. There's no option for that on TikTok. The link in bio is your only way really. So that for me is again, part of the TikTok equation is like your link in bio is really, really, really important and, you know, should be treated as such. Like that's your gateway for people to connect with you elsewhere. So making sure that it's clear, making sure that it's clean. And for me, I don't use Linktree or any of these platforms. I make basically our own Linktree on our website because I would rather send people directly to our website than send them to a middleman who then sends them to our website. It both increases our views, right? It increases our, our analytics on our website, but also they're less likely to get stuck on another platform. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So right now the link is, uh, goes over to the quiz, but if you were doing an affiliate promotion, you just swap that out to your own kind of internal link tree tool. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This has been awesome. What else do <laughs> well, I've taken like a ton of notes? Uh, what else do I need to know? Well, we've talked a lot about the pros of TikTok. We know this about every social media platform, but people are ruthless. <laughs> oh, the comments? <laughs> and on TikTok, it's, oh, it's pretty bad. I went negative viral in November. I got death threats. I got... What, what um, does negative viral mean? Oh, I blew up for the wrong reasons. I blew up because people did not like me and did not want to support what I was doing. Oh. Because I was talking about that brands need to pay influencers more and pay us better. And people did not like that very much. And I stand by what I said. I don't think it was that controversial. Just people were like, you should just be grateful for your opportunities. You should just be grateful you have any sort of money at all, which is what women have been told for eons in order to make sure that we don't gain financial power, don't gain financial stability. Just be grateful for what you have, sit down and shut up, which is what multiple people told me in emails. And I can't even, I mean, I am censoring very deeply. It was a really scary period of time, to be honest with you. It was two, two and a half weeks of a negative comment every five seconds. Threats to me, threats that were sent over email, People, yeah, decided to, you know, find our email or find our website and then going to submit whatever they wanted to say. It was really scary. And oh, I'm sorry that happened. Me too. The pro of TikTok, right, is that so many people see your content who have never seen it before. And potentially the con of TikTok is that a bunch of people see your content who have never seen you before. Yeah. So if they get a 45 minute clip of me and this is the first time they've ever seen me and they don't like what I have to say, they don't like what I have to say forever. You know, so it's very easy to make a snap judgment, always, always, especially on social media, but really on TikTok. And so this is not to scare anybody away, but you know, this is a growing pain that I've had of growing my business, especially as a woman online. I get called fat, unlovable, uh, that I should just sit down and show up. I mean, this is, this is like not only a daily occurrence, this is an hourly, every half hour occurrence on online. And TikTok is unfortunately no different. And TikTok's, I think, especially vicious. So it can be so, so great. It's absolutely transformed my life. I do it a million times over, but I wish more people talked about the fact that these social media platforms can be really scary places to be if they turn on you. So especially again, if you're a woman saying something potentially controversial, I talk about money for a living. That's controversial already. I am a woman who sees personal finance as a form of protest against an unjust and inequitable society. And plenty of people don't like that. And it becomes a threat to my safety, a threat to my team's safety. And that's really scary. So yeah, again, just like any other social media, there's beautiful parts to it. There's really scary parts to it too. 
Yeah, thanks for sharing that because that, yeah, it's all, it's all rainbows and unicorns. My sixth video went viral and I, I got all these followers, made all this money. But yeah, there's this negative side where you have to really develop a thick skin. Something like personal finance is like pretty, I mean, there's, it's very nuanced, like it's, but it's like kind of a dry topic in a lot of ways. It doesn't seem super controversial, but man, people coming out of the woodwork. I mean, some some people think that men and women should be equal is a, is a controversial opinion. I don't, uh, and I don't think it is, but you know, plenty of people do. And I mean, you could talk to any woman who exists online and her experience is the exact same. And although I am not a woman of color, I know it's even worse for women of color. Or if you are an LGBTQ creator, if you are, you know, the experience of, of, you know, any sort of marginalized group online is sometimes great. It's often really not. These are the downsides of social media that, again, I wish more people discussed is it's, it's really cool to have 2 million followers and 98% of the time it is great. But that 2% of the time is really difficult and really frightening and really honestly very debilitating in a lot of ways. And so I think you don't just have to develop a thick skin. You have to understand that you're taking on a certain risk when you create online. I wish that wasn't the case, but unfortunately it is. Unfortunately it is. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. I remember an episode that Pat Flynn did about his son receiving, not a death threat, but like a really nasty comment on his YouTube video. And it was like, okay, you know, we knew this was bound to happen sooner rather than later. And it was hurt people, hurt people was, was kind of the lesson. It's just like, oh, it's so gross. But yeah, to take the good with the bad and, and appreciate sharing that story. So I'm Tori, this has been awesome. Like I said, I'm learning a ton about this new to me platform that apparently I <laughs> may see a lot faster results than some of the other social uh, platforms <laughs> that I've been playing around with. So what's next for you? What are you excited about these days? We just released season one of the Financial Feminist Podcast. It's all out. Um, and within three days, we had taken the number one business spot on Apple and Spotify, which was super exciting. So the entire first season's out. We've had uh, almost a million and a half downloads in the two and a half months since it got released. So you can go binge all of that. Personally, I am packing up all my stuff. I live in Seattle right now, and I will be back shortly. But I am off to Europe to write my book, signed a book deal with HarperCollins, and I am off to Tuscany to hopefully you know, have a glass of wine in hand. And while while writing a book about financial feminism. Oh my goodness, it sounds it sounds so like romantic. Like, oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> Oh, I'm very excited. Um, I'm very excited. And yeah, our team's continuing to grow and our movement's continuing to grow. And it's just been such a crazy ride. But it's what I believe I was put on this earth to do. So we're not stopping anytime soon. No kidding. Well, I'm inspired by what you have built over there. Again, check out the Financial Feminist Podcast. Check Tori out her first 100 k on all the social platforms, especially TikTok and her first 100k.com. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. I said it before, but serve before you sell. Show up, provide value for your audience, build your trust with them, build your credibility. And yeah, don't get caught up in the sell before you serve. It needs to be served before you sell. Always provide value first. Very good. Appreciate you joining me. Appreciate you sharing the ins and outs and ups and downs of, of what it's like on this uh, social platform. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned in this episode are at sidehustlenation.com slash Tori. That's T-O-R-I. While you're there, make sure to download the free guide I put together with 25 TikTok content prompts to uh, help either breathe some new life into your account or get yourself uh, started with a bang over there. Once again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Tori, T-O-R-I or follow the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Again, big thanks to Tori for sharing her insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.